Welcome to the Subtle Cane Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, broadcasting from the Aorta of America, beautiful festival city, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we pump out reason and pierce through the propaganda. Here we go. Today is December 17th, 2023. And Big Brother is making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. And we're being very naughty by questioning narratives and piercing through the propaganda. Lumps of coal, disenfranchisement, and debanking for those unwilling to accept the version of reality being pounded into their heads by globalists all over the place. The state of things, huh? The ever-loving state of things. It seems we can't catch a break, and the warmongers, profiteers, and powers of the air don't seem willing to take a day off. So we're not going to, either. This is episode 59 of the Subtle Cane Podcast, More Humane Than Human. Back in 2006, when I was working out on Pine Ridge Indian Reservation for a small nonprofit organization, I remember having a conversation with Keith, the executive director at the time. He was talking about what he referred to as the McDonaldization of America, and he lamented the way that small businesses and local artisans had virtually been relegated to the halls of history due to massive corporate conglomerates, tax laws that favored big business, and governmental agencies drowning the little guys with overburdensome regulations. He was right then, and things have only escalated since. Big food, big pharma, big war. Big oil, big, big, big everything. Local businesses have been brutalized, especially during the big Rona. Big box stores were safe, and local small businesses were not. Science! Anyway, that's all depressing, uh, but why do I bring that up? Why do I bring that up? Well, it's that time of year again, and guess who's coming to town? Big Christmas. That's right. The obese man in red has turned his terrible gaze upon us once again, and all that was holy and sacred, wholesome and pure, will be drowned out by Jingle Bells remixes and monotonous hammering of Mariah Carey into our ear canals everywhere we go. Christmas has become one big obnoxious commercial for many, many people. And the holiday spirit is just another term for debt and dysfunctional family get-togethers. Thankfully, I have to say, My family has a lot to talk about, and we don't really do (laughs) emotions very well, so there's a lot of self-deprecating humor and eating to distract us. I really do have a lot to be grateful for. Um, Things could have gone very differently, uh, but by the grace of God, go I. The story of Christmas, the holiday, is much different than the story of an incarnation of God. I, I think the former is fun at times, but the latter is a the real jaw-dropper. How the focus went from Christ's birth to Amazon stocking stuffers is a bizarre and interesting tale, and one that involves Catholicism, paganism, corporatism, and materialism in general. But it's not one that I'm going to tell now, because I'd like if a couple of you stuck around for the rest of the show, and that could get really tedious. Nope, today I'm going to talk about how we can be better than the culture that we are subjected to. I phrase it like that because we are, generally speaking as a population, subjected to our culture by being so heavily influenced by the media, which we consume, that 
Many people are essentially sleepwalking through life. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that people are being programmed and led around in a fugue state, interested mainly in immediate gratification and undeterred in their perspective by annoying little things like observable, verifiable truth or debate. It's like watching a cat chasing a laser pointer sometimes. I listen to the people around me and I notice that they're hyper-focused on whatever the tragedy of the day is. Yesterday's news might as well be ancient history, and when the social influencers and talking heads shift focus, the whole world gets a makeover. Sometimes I don't know whether to feel sorry for or happy for truthers. By the time people distinguish the difference between what's happening and what they're being told is happening, the next op drops and it's back to square one. How are people supposed to keep up? I know I can't. Anyway, how can we be better? How can we get off the terrible carousel of constant anxiety-ridden cataplexy that the virtual world plagues us with? Remember how I've been going on about getting involved locally? Well, I am happy to report that I've been doing just that. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing because it's not actually about me, it's about all of us. I only mention that I've been actively engaged because I talk about it and I encourage you to be so. And it's important to report what I'm doing Because it it shows that I'm doing my best to lead by example, walking the talk and whatnot. I want you to think about something. Uh, Imagine something, that is. If you didn't have access to any media for the next month, no news, no feeds, not even obscure podcasts like this, if your focus was completely on the areas of your life that you have actual agency in, what would that look like? I'll be honest. I think you and I would be more involved in the people around us, in our, in our communities. I believe that because I believe it's true for myself, and I believe that you want a better world. I also believe that media has hobbled our ability to fully participate in its realization. And I'm not talking about some vague notion of a distant utopian dream either. I'm talking about clear and present actions that can be taken in our immediate spheres of influence. Now, I'm sure that plenty of you are actively making changes in your lives and and strive to improve the lives of those around you. I don't doubt that. So it's not a lecture. It's not a lecture. Think of it like an AA meeting for media. An MA meeting, if you like. Mediaholics Anonymous, trademark 2023. Just kidding. Christmas and New Year's are always good times to reflect on our lives and and what they mean. Why not? They're momentous occasions. Our accomplishments, our failures, our hopes and our dreams. All of these things we think about. Each and every one of us can be doing more for the people around us than we are. I feel pretty safe saying that. As imagers of our God, we have the potential for acts of unbelievable kindness and charity. As flawed human personalities in meat suits, we also have the potential for great evil and selfishness, rather than selflessness. This is what the name Subtle Cain is meant to remind me of. My ability, or maybe even my proclivity, to choose myself over others. Thereby, subtly moving toward a less Christ-like experience and consequentially a less Christ-like community. I was thinking about service the other day, and I was daydreaming, as I am wont to do. 
I pictured myself in front of a judge in a courtroom, trying to plead my case. And the judge was looking down at me from his bench as I tried to argue my innocence. Your Honor, I wanted to help out at that event for the homeless, but I was really tired from work. And I thought about spending that time with a friend that was hurting, but I have a lot going on in my life right now, and I just couldn't take on their stuff too. Each excuse was like another shovel full of dirt as I dug myself deeper and deeper into a hole. I felt myself shrinking away with each passing second, and the realization that my case was doomed became ever more apparent with every word that I spoke. Then, it wasn't just the things that I could have done and didn't do that were coming to mind. Suddenly, all the things that I did and shouldn't have done started flashing by, and I wept for my inadequacy and shame. There was no excuse that I could come up with that could be honestly considered excusable. I looked down at the ground, my head hung low, in anticipation of the judgment I surely deserved. I knew that I was lost and would not be able to pay the price for all that I had done or refused to do. I couldn't even lift my eyes to meet the judges, but I said what I knew to be true beyond any reasonable doubt. Your Honor, I am guilty. Silence pervaded this mental courtroom of mine, and the anticipation of the gavel became too much. I slowly raised my head to see the judge looking down at me, and I expected to see disgust, anger, even hate, for I surely hated myself, but all that I saw was love and acceptance in his eyes. I was confounded by this turn of events, for what could he possibly see in me that was worth loving? My mouth moved and a barely audible word slipped out through my quivering lips, just one. Why? He smiled at me and said, I've already paid the price. You're free to go. Now go and tell others what I have done for you. Let them know that this is what waits for them, if only they ask. Christmas is not about consumerism or fleeting holiday rituals and feelings. It's a time to celebrate the fact that we can all walk out of the courtroom of our minds, innocent of all charges, and free. Christmas is about celebrating the gift that we've been given and making sure that we tell people what has been done for us. Jesus was not a good teacher or just a wise man. As C.S. Lewis so aptly points out, he was either who he said he was or a raving lunatic. He's only left the one path open to us. I don't know where you are in your lives, and I don't know what struggles you've faced or are facing, but I do know that you need not face them alone. When we take the time to serve others rather than ourselves, we become something more, more humane than human. It shouldn't be a burden. It should be a privilege. But I am somehow still able to convince myself that sitting at home and indulging in whatever will be more fulfilling than investing in the lives of those around me. But when I do break out of my shell and actually do something for someone else, I always feel better. It takes us out of the labyrinth of our thoughts and the virtual panopticon, as Jeremy Weissman says, that we're imprisoned in. There are people out there that will take advantage of us. There are people that will drain us for every penny and tear that we can muster. I know. Trust me. I know. I've been burned a lot. So charity must always be paired with wisdom while being guarded 
from cynicism. Life is busy. Work is hard. Days are short and money's tight. I get it. I really do. We don't have to start a fundraiser or save orphans from burning trees to make a difference. It's all the little things that add up. Every day of our lives, if we're paying attention, there are opportunities to put ourselves aside and show kindness, gratitude, and charity to the people around us. The more we look for those opportunities, the more we see them. The more often we do that, the more full our tank gets. It's a trip. It's, it's counterintuitive. When you feel like your tank is empty, like you've got nothing left to give, and life's taken every ounce of energy you have, if you push yourself to do one thing for someone else, I guarantee you that the needle will go in the opposite direction that you think it will. It is better to give than receive is not just some platitude. It's demonstrably true. Now to stretch the analogy of the courtroom one more time, I want to share something else with you, something that I've thought about and prayed about. When someone is being questioned in the witness stand and an attorney asks a question that coerces a desired response, the opposing side will often say, objection, leading the witness. The objection is often sustained by the judge as coercion does not produce truth, only compliance. And we recognize this in the courtroom. Me telling you that service and charity are good and right is easy. I just sit here in my office and record the words. Rather than leading the witness here, though, I will try and do something else. I will attempt to witness by leading. As you know, the Subtle Cane Podcast operates on the value-for-value system, and it relies on your generosity for any time, talent, or treasure. And if you're a regular listener, you will also likely know that I haven't exactly been raking it in over here. So take this next part with the understanding that it isn't exactly a, a heavy lift at this point. From now on, I will be featuring causes as they come to my attention, and I will direct you to ways that you can support them with your time, talent, or treasure. I will not be asking for donations for the show. I'll keep the Give, Send, Go account active if anybody chooses, but I won't be soliciting um, donations to support the show anymore. I will bring your attention to a need, and I will provide links about how you can help with it. And then I will leave it with you. If you receive value from this show, I ask that you return it in the form of time, talent, or treasure to the featured charity or cause. Please consider paying it forward. Uh, I'm going to start with a local organization that's near and dear to my heart. It's called the Day-by-Day Warming Shelter. It's here in Oshkosh. I'm going to share a link to the website in the show notes. Wisconsin winters are brutal, and they are literally saving lives every day. So I would encourage you to email me at subtlecane at protonmail.com. That's subtlecane at protonmail.com with suggestions for charities to be featured on the show. From here on out, the only value for value section that you will hear will be a focus on a featured need. I leave you with the words of the oft quoted C.S. Lewis. Quote, some people nowadays say that charity ought to be unnecessary and that instead of giving to the poor, we ought to be producing a society in which there were no poor to give to. They may be quite right in saying that we ought to produce this kind of society. But if anyone thinks that, as a consequence, you can stop giving in the meantime, then he has parted company with all Christian morality. 
I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. For all you listening, you are valued, you are loved, and you are worthy. Merry Christmas. God bless and good night. Yeah. Uh-huh.